that's what it is this morning. Tonight we're going to be in Romans. Get the right book out of the pulpit here. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. Once again, I didn't give my message a title tonight. Um, We're going to look at hypocrisy and accountability. We see both of these in this passage. Chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. Uh, In a minute, we're going to go back and read part of chapter 1. I titled my three points tonight, Total Depravity, Total Hypocrisy, and Total Accountability. Um, And uh, it's an interesting list in chapter 1, which we'll read here in just a few minutes. Um, I want to uh, begin by reading chapter 2, 1 through 11, Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man. Whosoever thou art that judgest, for wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. But after thy hardness and impenitent heart, treasurest up unto thyself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds, to them who by patient continuance and well and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek or of the Gentile but glory, honor and peace to every man that worketh good to the Jew first and also to the Gentile for there is no respect of persons with God Uh, that's our text tonight I want to look at hypocrisy as I said and accountability we all will answer for the things done in this life let's have a word of prayer Father I just praise you again for our, our uh, time together. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to meet and, uh, and study your word. Father, work in our, in our hearts tonight. Use your word in a mighty way. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So you see that in what I just read. We see the hypocrisy, thou that judgest and doest the same. Uh, very pointed verses and very convicting verses. We see also the total accountability. But I want to go back and look at what is listed as the sins here, the total depravity of man. Uh, verse 20 through verse 32 of, verse, of chapter 1 uh, speaks of sin and uh, God giving them over to reprobate minds, how they became fools, it says. Uh, verse 20 of, verse, of chapter 1, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even this eternal power, or his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. So that they are without excuse. That, that's an important uh, point in the word of God. When we go and stand before him, lost, saved, no matter what, we are without excuse. 
Verse 21 says, Because that when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imagination, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. I want to look at, or wanted to think about that for a little bit, too, or make a point of that. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Uh, we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 26 in a little bit, speaking of fools, and, and, uh, and then it says, uh, those that are wise in their conceit, there's more hope of a fool than of them. But we're speaking of foolish people here, and, and, uh, and those that think they're okay, the, the proud of this world. And change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made, by, made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. You look at verse 23, and, and think about it in our society today, in religion today. Now, I don't know anybody personally that worships uh, idols outside of the Catholic Church, which they certainly worship idols. But I do know a lot of people that worship the God they've made after their own image. Those that have decided God is what we want Him to be. Instead of taking it from the Word of God and seeing God for who He is, we've decided that we can kind of mold Him to what we want, what makes us comfortable and what fits into our life. He, he's this loving God that accepts me as I am. That's changing the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to you and I, corruptible man. Very prevalent in our society today. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use of that which is against to that into that which is against nature. Likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. Don't ever let anybody tell you that the New Testament does not preach against homosexuality. Absolutely, it says right here, that it is a vile affection. It's sin. It's an abomination to God. He gave man and woman and said that they are to be married. That is the union. That is the relationship that he accepts and, and recognizes. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Now, we see the homosexuality, and, and, uh, and I'm not going to get any argument from anyone here on any of these sins. I'm not saying I would. But it's easy to accept that as being wrong. I know that we see that. But I wonder how many times we allow some of this other stuff to go, along, go on in our mind. And God equates it all together here. And being filled with all unrighteousness. Alright, so evil, wicked, sin. Anything that is not godly is unrighteous. Fornication. Any sexual activity outside of, outside of marriage. Anything is sin. We want, we want, to, we want to say that uh, the old standard was too strict. I appreciate my dad's standards. 
He was, he was a Nazi. <laughs> very, very strict. I'm thankful for that. Wickedness. Wickedness. Covetousness. How about that? Anything that somebody else has that I want. Covetousness. Maliciousness. Some kind of anger, hate, bitterness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, whisperers. Uh, that's what always has caught me a little off in this, in this uh, list. Whisperers, those that go around talking behind somebody else's back. A gossip. God has just thrown them in with fornicators, homosexuals, wicked, unrighteous people. If we're doing that, that's how he views it. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things. Young people, listen to this one. Disobedient to parents. Disobedient to parents. Just as wicked in God's eyes as homosexuality or murderers, We somehow we, we level our sins and it's kind of like the white lie. It's not as bad. Without understanding, covet, covet, covenant breakers, without natural affections, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. All right. That's our society today. We, we pleasure in sin. We rejoice in it. We, we throw parades for it. And all the while, God hates it. It is an abomination to Him. He, he says it makes Him sick. That's what that means. Abomination. There's the, the, uh, the need or the desire to, to vomit. It is so disgusting to Him. So repulsive. So we see the list of sin, and, and it's not mistaken that it's here to go on into verse, or chapter 2. So the total depravity is listed there. Now the total hypocrisy is, is given in our text. He says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For that thou that judgest doest the same things. It's a hard thing to preach because I'm guilty of these things. I have, I have been full of envy, uh, angry. I've, I've been wicked. I've been unrighteous. There's all of these things, this list of sins, and we're guilty of them. No, it doesn't say that we can't stand and preach against sin because we're a sinner. It says when I do, I need to be, be careful in that I strive to live right. That I'm not okay with it. That I don't allow things to go on. That I don't decide I'm okay. Proverbs chapter 26. Proverbs chapter 26 is what I was speaking about just a little bit ago. The first, the first 11 verses, we won't read them, of 26... Tell of the fool. Uh, there's several things about him. Uh, 
Honor is not seemly for him. Uh, the rod is for the fool's back, it says. Uh, if you send a message by the hand of a fool, you cut off the feet and drink damage. <laughs> the legs of the lame are not equal, so is a parable in the mouth of fools. They're just, they're lacking in everything. And, and they're going to be punished. Verse 11, as a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. The fool does not learn either. He just keeps going back. Keeps doing the same thing over and over and over. Verse 12 has always caught me. So in this chapter, seest thou a man wise in his own conceit? There's more hope of a fool than of him. I love the way that's lined out. You see all about the fool. And then it says, okay, but if you're proud... If you've decided that you are, are okay, that you've got this figured out, that you're good enough to judge, good enough to stand in a position of, of authority, judgment, in and of yourself, there's more hope of that fool than there is of you. You're wise in your conceit, so proud thinking we're able to judge others while guilty of the sin in our own life while lying to ourselves about who we are, what we are. We're okay in this. It's alright if I push the boundaries just a little bit. I know how to handle this situation. I'm wise in my own conceit. I've got this idea that, I, that I'm okay here. I believe this is what Luke was talking about, or was writing about in Luke chapter 6, verse 41. not Luke speaking. Well, this is Matthew. Let's go to Luke. Need to learn the books of my Bible. Luke is recording the words of Christ. And I just... Went to chapter 11. All right, I'll get here. Bear with me. Chapter 6, verse 41 and 42. Is that what I said? <laughs> I went straight to chapter 11. I have it written as chapter 6. Verse 41. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but perceivest not the beam that is in thine own eye? You know why we don't perceive the beam in our own eye? Because we're wise in our own conceit. Because I think I'm okay. I've got this idea that, that I have arrived at some point that now I can set in judgment over another person. Now, we, we all make judgments. Please don't get me wrong. Do not take judge not lest you be judged out of context and say we cannot condemn sin. That's not what that verse says. I am to judge between right and wrong. But I'm more than anything to judge it in my own life. If I'm wise in my own conceit, I got the beam that's in my eye and I, I can't see it, but I can see the, the toothpick that's in yours. Either, thou can't, or either how canst thou say to thy brother, Brother, let me pull out the mote that is in thine eye, when thou thyself beholdest not the beam that is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite! 
Cast out first the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to pull out the mote that is in thy brother's eye. Take care of your own sin first. We're told to be careful when we're, when we're helping a brother along. When one has fallen and we go to lift him up, we're to be very careful in our own selves that we don't fall also. That we're living right and walking right. Take the big old beam out of your own face first. <laughs> if that was in the emergency room, one time I, I had a splinter in my eye and it got back up underneath my eyeball and it hurt like fire, but I thought, well, I'll weep it out of here sooner or later. Just this little bitty piece of, of uh, sawdust. I'll get it out sooner or later. Well, three or four hours later, I got a couple drops of blood out of my eye and I thought, okay, I don't know what's going on down there. I went to the ER. Now, if the doctor would have come in and uh, he's obviously some kind of obstruction in his face, I'm not going to let him go poking around in my eye. And it's an obvious illustration, but it is what we do. It's funny to me to think about it because the person that has the moat in their eye probably can see the beam in yours. And you're going to them and you're going to say, listen, this sin is in your life, you need to correct this, and it's going to cause a rift between. They're going to say, listen, you have no place coming over here talking to me. Go deal with your own sin first. The Bible says, thou hypocrite. Back in Romans chapter 2, you that judge do the same. You're guilty of the same, and you're going to come and, and judge someone. We have to be careful that in my own life, I'm walking right before I go and I try to help anyone else with their sin. Be thou sure, verse 2, that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. That's a frightening verse right there. Be, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Now he's talking about the sinners in, in chapter 1, but he's also talking about the, the one who is judging those and doing the same. We're all the same, right? We're all the sinner, and God is going to, to judge those. Uh, go with me to one more passage chap in this, on this point. Chapter 6, we're going to read uh, 1 through 18. Romans 6, Romans chapter 6, 1 through 18. I, I wasn't going to use all of this as I was going through this, but it just keeps uh, building, uh, speaking of hypocrisy. And the, and the life that we choose to live, our own accountability is in this. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not or should not serve sin. 
Its victory over sin has been given to us. He says, you should not serve it any longer. You've been delivered. For, that, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Don't make the decision. Yielding is a choice. Yielding is I'm going to allow this on to go. It is a surrender. When you yield on the road, you surrender to the, the uh, traffic that has the right-of-way. It, it's a surrender. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto God, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace." What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? You see it again. God forbid. Absolutely not, is what Paul says here. Absolutely not. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God bethink that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Christian, we, we make the choice to live a hypocritical life or to live a life right with God. And I can look out right now and not know if you're the hypocrite. You look... Like you got dressed up and ready to come to church. Right? You can't look at me and tell if I lived a godly life this week or not. But you and I, or you and the Lord knows. Total hypocrites. He says, listen, how do you think you're going to go on doing the things that you, that you teach against? Chapter 2, back in our text, we see the total hypocrisy and the unsaved that says, I, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. He's absolutely right. We are all hypocrites. Because uh, we're all sinners. We all have this old rotten, dirty flesh. And we deal with it day by day. But we can strive to please him. We don't have to be a hypocrite. Total accountability then in verse 6 through 11. Verse 6 says... Who will render to every man according to his deeds? I like that verse. I love, that. I love verses that say, I'm accountable for me, and the sinner is accountable for the sinner. <laughs> you will stand and give account for your life. I will stand and give account for my life. Doesn't mean I don't care about you. It doesn't mean that I, that I don't want to help you along to edify you. But does it not take some pressure off the Christian knowing that I'm accountable for me? I love where Peter was, Peter was complaining that John didn't have to go where he and Christ were going. 
And Jesus turned around and said, listen, you do what you're supposed to do and he'll do what I told him to do and you worry about you. <laughs> you worry about you. That's what my dad used to teach me in work. I used to go home and say, working for the state fair in high school, every person there is just lazy. And they were. Lean on a rake all day long. While I was cleaning this entire goat barn, this other kid leaned on a rake all day long. And I went home and I complained about it. And Dad said, you worry about you. You're accountable for your actions. He's not accountable for yours and you're not accountable for his. Said, you'll get the promotion and that guy won't. Can we see that way with Christian life? Not that we don't care about one another, not that we're lifting one another up, but if somebody else is living in sin, shouldn't make me want to or shouldn't cause me to be discouraged. I'm to keep my focus on God and say, you know what, I am accountable for what I do today, not for what He does. I will pray for Him, I will, I will edify Him every chance I get, but He bears His responsibility and I bear mine. It makes the life easier. And that's what the Lord says here. Verse 6, Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Not according to somebody else's. The Lord knows and will hold each individual accountable for the way they live their lives. Verse 7, To them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. There's rewards. But to them that are contentious, do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. God says here it doesn't matter who they are, where they came from, if they do not obey the truth, if they're not willing to surrender to the leading of God in their life, they will suffer tribulation and anguish, indignation and wrath. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Greek to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. He knows who you are and he is going to hold you accountable for what you've done. The thoughts that you had this week. Whether we accept him as our Savior or we reject him, there's going to be no excuse. It is on each individual. Here tonight, if you don't know the Lord as your Savior, the Bible says when the book of life is opened, if your name is not written down, you are without excuse. Depart from me, I never knew you, into the lake of fire which burneth forever. The judgment is just and right. And it's going to be for every individual. I'm, I know I'm not bringing anything new here tonight, but it, it is... It is challenging to me, and it is also encouraging to me both. Chapter 14 of Romans, verse 11 and 12. Romans chapter 14. Romans 14:11 For is it for it is written as I live saith the Lord every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God pretty plain and simple pretty cut and dried we're all going to bow the knee to him 
in this life or in the next. Everyone will. And then we're going to all give an account of ourselves to God. I want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I don't want to hear, you hypocrite. You who stood and preached, who stood and taught against sin, against pride, against self-confidence, against being uh, bitter and angry, had all of those things in your heart. You who stood against fornication and immorality and sin, allowed those things in your mind. Thou hypocrite. We're not going to say anything. We're not going to have an excuse. We're, we're going to stand there with our head and hung in shame, knowing that it is right. The Bible says, if we will, if we will do right, to them who by patient continuance and well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. Those that follow the Lord, those that are steadfast, as we saw this morning, always abounding in the work of the Lord, seeking to please Him. I'm going to be selfless. I'm going to be, I'm going to be surrendered to God and not a hypocrite. <laughs> not a hypocrite. Let's live our lives this week as the just and right weight. God says he, he hates the false balance, the unjust weight. That's the liar, the hypocrite. But he loves honesty. He loves purity. And he blesses those things. Father, thank you for our time tonight and your word.